Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. So this is week three of our series, Clean. And, and these past few weeks, have y'all been, raise your hand if you've been enjoying the series so far. You already have your hand raised, so you're enjoying it. There you go. So, so I hope you've been getting out of the series how I have been getting out of the series, because even just preparing it, this has been a series that has been impactful because it sucks a little bit. And I kind of talked about this last week, but it sucks a little bit because I'm having to relive in the same mind of when I was messed up like that, when I was dealing with that stuff on a higher and more difficult basis. It was really, really difficult to go back and relive those moments. It's, it's a terrifying thing because in that came temptation. It came some, like trying to slip into stuff, and it was really difficult. But I'm, but I'm really hoping you all are getting something out of the series because this is, this is something that's helping me in a lot of ways. But, um, but week three, I'm going to start with, it's a longer passage tonight. So if you're taking notes on your phone, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 6, 12 through 20. Verse 12 says this. I have the right to do anything. You know how you tell your parents that? I have the right to do anything. You can't tell me what to do, mom. You say, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not met for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her body? For it is said, two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Verse 18, flee from sexual immorality, running out of way, run from sexual immorality and all other sins a person commits. Bless you. I heard that from, you're welcome. <laughs> so, so all the other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your body. Week one, we talked about a pure heart. Week two, we talked about a pure mind. And this week, we're talking about a pure body. We're talking about your physical self. That's what we're talking about tonight. Um, I made this story for Students Unite. You can throw your hands down, please. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's distracting. I'm ADD. That's ridiculous. But... um. But I made this story for one of the Students Unite uh, nights that we had. And, and I had said something. I, ha I made a story about, uh, uh, about a buffet or something like that. Has anybody been to Lotus Garden? Uh, one of my favorite spots right now is Sushi Masa. I've been really getting into sushi lately. And, and it's like the thing about Sushi Masa is that they're like a buffet, but it's really fresh. You know what I mean? Like it's not like some type of like, oh, they put it on the table and now you can grab it. Like it's legit fresh. Like, it's fully fresh. So that's why I love it. It's like the all-you-can-eat or whatever. It's incredible. But, um, but one time I went to Lotus Garden, and, and, and the buffet was, like, 
because they're never fresh. Lotus Garden is never fresh. Just to clarify, if you go to Lotus Garden, it's never fresh. But when I went that one time when I made the story for Students Unite, have, has there ever been a time where like you ate so much to the point where like a part of your body starts hurting? Like has that ever happened? Okay, I thought I was by myself because someone told me, oh, well, who? When does that happen? No, like. It was to the point where, like, my stomach hurt so bad, bro, that my shoulder was killing me. Like, I felt like I was going to explode. Like, I was going to have to paint the walls with my insides. Like, it was bad. I Like, I was about to yak. It was horrible. Had many conversations with my toilet. But, um, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. We're, we're, we, we bonded. So, so, so it was to the point where it was like, like, I didn't care. Like, I didn't know the consequences of me eating the food. Like, I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, yeah, mm. like, I'm eating all this food. And then I get home, and from Lotus Garden, it's like, a, yeah, I know, it's pretty funny. I'm funny like that. But um, but it was some food. Like, it hit me really bad once I got back. But I didn't know, like, 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 like the word hindsight. The hi- word hindsight means, like, like, you know something before it happens or whatever, or, like, you know the aftermath of something. So, like, I didn't know the hindsight of my stomach messing up and me having to go to the bathroom five or six times. And I had church the next morning, so I like I stayed up really late trying to get everything out of my system. I was just sitting there praying, <laughs> trying to get everything out. <laughs> so it was so bad. But but I didn't know, like in that moment, I was like, I wish I would have taken it back because it, it hurt. It was bad. But um, but I wish I could have taken it back because I didn't know the hindsight of the consequence of 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 pain in my in my, in my gluteus maximus. Like, I didn't know the pain that was going to happen in that moment. I'm just there like, <clears throat> like I'm just sitting there straining. It's so bad. Don't ever do this again. Don't ever do this in your life. If you've ever done this, you get it. You understand me. To you who don't, get out of my church. Stop judging me. I hate that. Because I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, man, like, I regret this so much. It was horrible, man. It was horrible. My body was messed up. Our, our physical bodies and our spiritual health are kind of like connected in a way. I've learned this from a study that I did where your body and your spirit are connected together. So anything you do physically to your body affects you spiritually to your body and vice versa. Anything spiritually that happens to you can happen also in your body as well. We can't expect to be physically unhealthy and thrive spiritually. It doesn't work that way. Now, God cares about the physical and calls us to the same kind of purity in our bodies that he does in our heart and mind. The reason why I talked about the heart and the mind the first two weeks is because everybody wants to just get to the body. They just want to talk about the physical stuff you're not supposed to do. Like, oh, oh, don't have sex out of marriage. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Have all this out the window. But then they neglect everything else that you're actually dealing with. So you can say, oh, I won't have sex out of marriage, but I can think about it. I can, I can, I, I won't have, I won't get down with this girl, but I'll think about it. Or like, I won't, I won't think about Chad with the six pack, but like, I'll think about it. Like, like the issue is, and hear this, the issue is, is that we think every, we put all the big stuff up and we think, oh, don't do this. But everything else is neglected so that you can do it and you can justify it. And that's what the Corinthian church was doing at the time. Paul was saying, you cannot justify something that seems small to you. But it's still, in a way, big to the Lord. And, and it's the same issue in society today. It's the same issue. We think, oh, you watch porn, forgiven. If you, if you do this, drugs and stuff, forgiven. But, but we, put, we, put, we put homosexuality at the top, and we think, oh, it's the unforgivable sin. 
or we think that nobody that's dealing with this can come to the same position, the same thing as everything else. And we neglect it because it's a different type of sin. It's a, but sexual sin is sin, no matter what it looks like, because God, God is not specific like that. God's specific in a lot of ways in my life. But one of the things he's not specific in is the sin. He doesn't dissect and be like, oh, this is worse than this, or this is worse than that. That's not how God operates. He operates with everything as the same. But we treat everything so much greater, and then we downgrade everything else. And that's a problem. That's an issue. Because that's why I talked about the heart and the mind, because it starts with the heart, then it goes to your head, and then now your body. That's why we're going to talk about that now. Because I know this message, I mean, you'll laugh, you'll have that awkward, uncomfortable laugh, but that's okay. I'm going to accept it. But the question is, and here's a question you can ask yourself, is your physical life pure? It's easy to make this a sexual issue, which it is. That's the topic of this message. But, but it's, it's much more than that. It could be lack of sleep, the anxiety kicking in that makes you restless a lot of the times, or maybe your lack of, of uh, uh, being productive, whatever that looks like. That, that is still the physical attribute that you need to focus on. And so it goes into everything else. It comes into the sexual sin, the exercise, the health, everything. Anything you do physically to your body will affect you spiritually, no matter what it is. It could be the most shallow thing that you're dealing with, and it could just all add up to the same. But we treat stuff so much bigger, and then we put everything down smaller. Oh, that's not a big deal. I'll do that. That's fine. But we all need to put it into the same balance of what, of what sin looks like. So tonight I want to give you, give you some of those attributes. I don't have any points, but I'm going to do a little study part with you that I've made. Titus 3 verse 3 says this. At one time we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. That sounds like that sounds like our society today. How we're so deceived and we're so putting stuff to the side and we're hating one another and we're being hated. That that is everything that's happening and going on in our society today. But at the same time, what in the book of Titus what it's talking about is it's talking about how we've all struggled with physical sin in some way, shape or form, whether lust or pleasures. You they said, you have the right. Like, they said, I have the right to do anything I want. Right. You have every right to do whatever you want. You are you. Do you, boo. That's you. You have every right to do whatever you want. But is it right? You have the right, but is it right? I wrote that today. I thought it was pretty clever. But, but you have the right to do whatever you want, but is it actually right? See, because Paul is trying to challenge their brain. It's like, yo... Like, don't think that's that simple. Don't think so, so outsized. Don't try to justify just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Just because you can do anything you want, is it really beneficial to you? Is it really? Ask yourself that. Is that really what that benefit really is? You have the right, but is it right? That's the question you ask yourself. I ask myself that. It, I have the right to do whatever. Like, for example, I, um, one of the things I learned, uh, that Matt taught me on the, on the, 
I don't know if it was the PlayStation app or something like that. You can see how many hours you've played. And I was pretty proud of myself. I had like, one of them was how long would you sit? Like, how long did you play just sitting in one moment, not taking breaks or whatever? I had nine hours one time. Yeah. Gamer. <laughs> I had nine hours on, on one of the nights that I had played. I don't know Matt, Matt can tell you. That's his own personal conviction. But, but for me, that was like, like nine hours was tops. And, 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 and it makes me sound, well, like I said, it makes me sound like a parent. I think I sound like a parent sometimes, but, 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 but it's perfectly fine. Video games are perfectly fine. Nothing's wrong with it. Nothing is, and I'm going shallow with this because if you don't pinpoint that stuff, then you're going to get into a wasteland where you can't get out of it. And now you're indulging yourself in certain stuff. It's not a bad thing, but should you really do it? And I'm not saying sexual sin is right. I'm saying it's wrong, but like even the littlest stuff, the sh- most shallowest stuff, you, me sitting for nine hours, you think that's healthy? No, I'm pretty sure I almost got blood clots. I'm pretty sure my eyes were beat red, like I, like, I, like I popped a joint or something. Like I was down for the count for hours because I played nine hours straight. But the thing is, is that it's okay, but is it right? Is it beneficial? And that's what God's been teaching me lately. God's been teaching me that you can do whatever you want, but is it right? Is it really what you really want to do? You got to be very careful what you want to do because sometimes it can lead you to a place that makes it even worse for you. There's three things Paul makes in, his, in the scripture that I think is very important. He, he categorizes all sins with just three of them. He didn't make it all complicated. The Lord gave him this revelation of three sins. The lust of the flesh, which means I feel like doing whatever I want. The lust of the eyes, which is I see whatever I want, whatever. But also, I, I also see it as a perspective thing. I think however I want. I won't listen to anybody else, but the way I think, in my opinion, matters. And it's all that matters. And then there's the pride of life, which is I don't need help from anybody or God at all. I got this. And that's a pride issue because we want to be tough. But... But it's not really just pride of life. It's an arrogance issue because when it falls, now who are you going to lean on? Who are you going to really lean on to when you act all tough, but then you're down for the gutter, and now all of a sudden you're like, okay, no one's here to help me because that's what the pride of life does. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I want to show you this back in verse 12. Put, put verse 12 back up, Matt, 1 Corinthians six twelve. That first phrase lines up the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I have the right to do anything. That's the lust of the flesh. I feel like doing anything. The lust of the eyes. I can see whatever I want. And the pride of life. I can do whatever I want. And that's an issue. That is an issue. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Like food that hurts you, that what what tastes good in the short run, short run might have painful consequences later. It's legit. It's real. All that Lotus Garden, and then all of a sudden my insides are now dying. Like if you ate like Buffalo Wild Wings, most hottest sauces, we're going to do hot ones very soon, by the way. We're going to do this for youth. But like it, dude, I met with a youth pastor one time. They did hot ones one night. He was perfectly fine the night of. The next day we went to a Mexican restaurant to kind of have a meeting about something. Dude, he stayed in the bathroom for like 25 minutes. The whole time we were there, he stayed in there for 25 minutes because he's like, bro, my butt is on fire. Like, it was bad. Like, he felt like the flames of hell in his butthole. Like, it was bad. It was really bad. 
I don't know. But but um but yeah, he just I feel bad for him. But um but but that was the issue. He he didn't realize that it was going to affect him afterwards. It was just the one effect. But the issue is is that you can do whatever you want. But is it really beneficial? I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Bad choice versus good choice. I want to get into this because this is something that we don't understand and that you've never been taught because you always learn that the big stuff is the big consequence. I want to talk about consequences for a second. We don't like that. Our parents tell us that. Oh, you're going to have consequences. But this type of consequence is different. This really affects you. This is, I'm not just going to tell you sin right from wrong. I'm going to tell you the consequences of it because if you're not told the consequences, you won't know the hindsight of what's going to happen after you do it. You won't know about it. So, so one of the things that is the big consequence is obviously sex out of marriage. That's the big consequence because it's a sacred gift that God's given us. But the issue is, is that because it's out of that, there's a big consequence. It could lead to anything. It could lead to, to, child support, all this stuff. Like the, the list goes on and on. And I've seen it before from cousins and, and people that I love and care about. And they suffer a lot. The child's a blessing, but the aftermath is so like like horrific. One of the things that that I want to talk about is not just bad consequences. I want to talk about shallow consequences. Look to your neighbor and say shallow consequences. Look at them with judgment in their eyes. Say shallow consequences. Because... Because when I say shallow, I mean it's like really, really like low. Like it's really not that big of a deal until you actually see the aftermath of it. Shallow consequences are a big deal. But nobody talks about it. We just think about the big consequences, but we don't look at the shallow consequences. So the big consequence is the do out out of marriage, right? That's the big issue. And that leads to a big consequence. But here's, I want to go shallow for a moment. You might make fun of me for this. I don't care. This is the Lord telling me to, to tell you this, but I'm going to do it. All right, so hear me out. Kissing. Just hear me out. I knew you were going to do that. Just hear me out. So, so it's not bad. Like I just said, it's not bad. I don't like how people are like, you should wait for marriage. Like, you act like, like even like eye contact, you're like, wait for marriage. Like, all those memes that like about premarital eye contact, I hate that. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's one of the dumbest things. But, but it's not bad. Like, uh, let me go, let me go even more shallow. Let me go even more shallow. Hand holding. They're like, oh my gosh, you can't hold his hand. Oh my God. But, 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 but what I've learned, watch this, watch this, watch this. It's so innocent. It's so easy. You like you don't like. It's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. Like from from my heart, I really don't care. I'm like, oh, just hold hands. It ain't no big deal. Y'all walk around and stuff like that. Like it's fine. Y'all are okay. But 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 look at this. If there's no boundary, it could get worse. If there's no boundary, it could get to a more cra- catastrophic level where you can't even control it. Like I said, the, there's this thing I read. I want to show you this. There's this thing I read called the soul tie instrument because soul ties is very important. So God created the soul tie for the man and the woman. And, and what, and what happened and what happens with it is that it builds up the intimacy and that's how y'all are connected. That's why Paul says to become one flesh. And what he said, and what the soul tie thing said is, is this, it just starts off innocent holding hands, you know, innocent. 
then y'all start making out. <laughs> Not making out, just a little smooch. Whoa, like that's your first time or whatever. It's just like, oh, wow. But, but without the boundary and not being self-aware, it can create collateral damage. I'm not saying you can't do it, but just you have to be careful when it does happen. Because it could lead, it could go from the hand-holding to, to the kissing to the being really close, chilling, or watching a movie or whatever. Simple stuff. Innocent stuff. Literally, it's so innocent. Like, it's just like, oh, go. Like, that's my girl. Don't touch. No, that's my girl. Like, that's like, like that's your territory or whatever you call it. But um, but but I want I want to show you this. It'll get to the point, and this is a serious thing. I know it's hilarious, right? Oh my gosh, he's talking about that. But 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 watch me, watch me, watch me. Thank you. She's watching. Praise the, the blessing of the Lord upon you. <laughs> so, so, so the issue is, is that if you're not aware, it could lead to so many greater things. And I've seen this in a lot of relationships and nobody believes me, but I'm telling you, it starts with the, the soul tie, the first soul tie. It's the first moment. Then it leads to the second moment, which is the kissing. That's the second soul tie. It, it, it continues. Then it gets to the point where you're too, you're very close, too close. You're very close. And then it starts to lead to stuff that you're not even aware of. And I'm not going to get into it because I don't want y'all to start thinking crazy. But like, the shh, don't talk about it. So I know I already said it, but you probably have to already think about it. But, but it continues and continues. And it's, like, and it's like, how did I end up here? How did I end up in this place? Some of us are just going along with it. Yeah, let's do it. But like some of us are like, whoa, okay. Why am I, why am I in this spot? Why am I in this rut? Why, why, why did I lead to this point? And we don't understand because it's a soul tie. Sex is a soul tie thing. It's something that's intimate. Listen to this. Soul, sex is the, is, the, is the last soul tie. It's the final thing that makes you one person. Two become one flesh. That's what it does. But the issue is, is that because everything else leads up to that point, it becomes that point. So that's why a lot of relationships seem so out of place because it leads to that point. Holding hands is not bad. Sitting next together is not bad unless you know and you're aware of having the boundary. I'm talking to my guys in here because you are the lead of the relationship in a lot of ways. Maybe your girl's dominant. I don't know. Yeah, do whatever you want. But like, but like for my guys in here, it's the, you're leading it. And the issue is, is that if we're not aware, then it'll lead to something much worse. And I'm not saying this up to put judgment upon you. I'm giving you a perspective of it leads to bigger consequences. Shallow consequences lead to bigger consequences. It always does. It leads from a shallow part, innocent, easy. And then it keeps going and going and going and going. And now you have no idea what to do. Now you got to, now you brought some into the world. Look at it. Like it's right there. Like that's what is there. And the thing, shh, and the thing is, is that that now that you've led up to this point, now there's no going back. And the thing I want you to know is, is that if you don't deal with the shallow consequence, you'll never be able to overcome the big consequence. Because like I said, it's a blessing. It's the consequences that come upon you that really make you think, why didn't I know this beforehand? Why didn't I know this? And that's the thing we don't understand. The phrase food 
that the Corinthians were talking about for the uh, food was made for the stomach and stomach was made for the food was a common saying in the Corinthian culture to excuse sexual sin by saying it's just a normal physical need so I can have it as much as I want. Now, they used the truth and tried to justify it. Sex is a physical need in the context of marriage, but outside of that, it becomes an abomination. And that's, and that's a scary place to be. Because what it does is that it's going outside the rims. Uh, this one pastor gave the analogy. I actually preached it in an analogy. And it's like sex is a fire. It's like it purifies. It brings warmth. It's intimate. It's, it's a gift from God. But without any parameters to contain it, you'll create a forest fire. And that's what it is. If you have nothing to contain it, like a covenant, like marriage, then the issue will become worse and worse. And that's what he's saying. They're trying to justify. And this church was wild, y'all. When I say they were wild, like they were getting drunk off the communion wine. They were, they were doing all kinds of stuff. Like they were going crazy. They were one of the most wild churches Paul ever wrote to. And he had to really settle it down for them because it wasn't just, they weren't just struggling. They were willing to live in it. That's the difference. You can, we're going to deal with sin all our life. Even as a Christian, you're going to always deal with certain dysfunctions and, and mistakes. But when you choose to engulf yourself and live in it and not deal with it and let it just be second nature, you become a bondage to it. And that's why Paul had to hit them so hard with the truth is that, listen, it's, it doesn't make it beneficial because it's in the wrong place. And that's the issue with a lot of our things with the, with the pure body. Maybe you're just completely pure and you just love Jesus and whatever. But for the, some of us in here who have committed the act of whatever it is, and, and I want to get real for a moment. One of the things I've seen, even the people, like I said, that I've cared about have gone into the deep end because of that one issue that they have dealt with, the sex out of marriage thing. And it wasn't, they told me this. They said, they said, Jacob, it wasn't the 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 bills. It wasn't just, it wasn't the child. The child was a blessing. It wasn't that. They said the biggest thing was, was that they wish they would have known this was all going to happen and they would have never done it. Legit, honest to God. That's what they said. They said the issue was, was that if they wish they would have known that all of this was going to happen, they wouldn't have done it. Now, God God meant it for good. God raised the child, and, and, and the child is um, in church today. But the thing was, was that if they would have known the, the battle they would have had to fight, they would have waited much longer. Paul's correction shows us that physical purity is incredibly important to the Lord. And we can't be apathetic about it because our bodies are a part of Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit. God works in the physical just as much as he does in the spiritual. He created us as physical beings. He created you. That is why it is so important for us to honor him with a pure body that is not enslaved to lust or pleasures. Keep a close eye on your physical state. Keep a close eye. You got to keep a close eye on your physical state. Because where are you at? Y'all listen up. I want y'all's attention. I want y'all's attention. What is your physical state right now? It doesn't even have to be physical. What are, you, what are the stuff you're thinking about or dealing with or going to that is messing you up? And it's messing you up badly. You have to check your physical state. You have to check it. Verse 18, 
gives us a strategy. It says, run. Honor God with your body by fleeing anything that could do damage to it. Here's the bottom line. I'm almost finished. A pure body runs from sin. A pure body runs from sin. Colossians 3.5 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Put to death anything in your body that is keeping you from purity. Ask yourself on the basis of this passage, what needs to die in my life? Sexual sin, impurity of any kind, lust, evil desires, greed, the list goes on and on. What is whatever earthly or worldly thing that's lurking within you, the word of the Lord tonight is to remove it out of your life. It's to remove it. I want everyone to stand up and close your eyes. We'll play some music, Matt. I want to give you uh, a story before I close. Because I was I was going to tell two stories, but I'm just going to tell one story. But um, but there was this there uh, the two youth pastors before me. His name is Elijah Young, and he gave me a, a he told us a story during a purity series, and I wanted to share it tonight because it's very deep and it's very heavy. But but I think it's something that you can understand from from a place of like oh I get it. And um, one of the things is that he went to this conference and he met this lady from Europe. And she gave a testimony about what had happened to her as a kid. She, she got kidnapped and was brought into sex trafficking for three years. For three years. And so I counted, here's the thing, I counted every single light thing in here. There's about 81 total in here. There's 81 light bulbs in here. She's been raped more than the the number of these light bulbs in here. Yeah, it's real. She's been raped more than these light bulbs that are in here. It shocked me the way he said it. And and she said it was every day. It was every day she dealt with this. It was every moment they would drug her and everything and she would just be out. And she didn't even know it. Three years passed, they get caught. She, she, she gets saved and, 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 and gets out of there and they get arrested. She comes to America and she gets saved. She gets saved by the blood of Christ. And this was, this was about three decades ago, 30 years ago. She's 40 now. And, and she felt, she, and, and it was the truth of it. Her purity was stripped from her without her even asking about it. It was completely stripped. She had no choice. But the thing was, was that when she got saved, she told Elijah, she said, Elijah, this doesn't make sense. But, but ever since I got saved and ever since I've been living for the Lord and, 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 and I've been pushing forward in my faith, it's like, it, not, not that it never happened, the memory, the trauma was still there, but she said that it's like she was pure again. She had no idea what Jesus would have done in that moment of like, oh, it makes sense now. Like, I don't, even though that trauma happened to me, I felt pure again. She really believed she would never feel pure again. She never thought that. After those three years of the trafficking, she would have never thought that she would be pure again. And and maybe, maybe, that, maybe it hasn't been stripped from you, but maybe you 
have been forced into it, whatever that looks like. I don't know. I don't know your story. I don't know what you're hiding from people. I don't know what, what it is. But, but God wants you to know that, that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you've been enticed to do, no matter what you've been tempted to do, God said, I can make you pure again. I can make you pure again. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me give one more story. I'm going to tell this one final story. There was a prostitute caught in the act of adultery. The Pharisees found her. She was right in the middle of it. And they pulled her out, threw her into the sand against a wall. And she was full of shame. She was, she just got out there. She was, she had lingerie on. She was naked. She was right there on the sand. And she was embarrassed. And the Pharisees, and Jesus was there. Jesus was on the scene. And the Pharisees walked up to Jesus and said, hey, we we need to stone this woman. She's been caught in the act of adultery. We need to stone her. Jesus got on one knee and, and and drew sand into the ground. Nobody really knows what he was doing. Some theologians believe he was writing names or whatever, but but he drew in the ground. And he said, I'm going to say in the King James, he said, ye is without sin, cast the first stone. What she's saying is that if you do not have sin in your life, throw it at her. Every person dropped the rock. And here's the crazy part. Here's what I've learned in, in theology. Jesus was so sinless and so sovereign. He Basically, he had every right to stone this woman. Jesus had every right to stone her right in front of everybody else because he was the only sinless man on the earth. He had every right, every every proof of him to do it. He was going to do it right away. Oh, I'm going to stone you. But this is what Jesus did. I want you to hear this. He said, neither will I condemn you. Y'all hear that? Neither will I condemn you. Jesus had every right to stone her. But Jesus said, neither will I. He said, he said, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. To anyone in here who's, maybe it's nothing physical. Maybe it's something that's in your heart. I want you to know tonight that God says, neither will I. Whatever you're dealing with, God says, neither will I condemn you. You've been embarrassed. Maybe it's not sexual sin. Maybe it's other stuff. Maybe it's an insecurity, a deficiency, whatever that is, and you've been embarrassed. God says, neither will I condemn you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not going to get you to raise your hand because this is very personal. I know because it's very specific. But I want you to know that the Lord is telling you in this moment, I will not stone you. I want you in my house. I want you in the Father's house. I want you in the kingdom of God. Because like I said, Jesus had every single right to stone her because he was God. But he did something that that freaked people's minds on. He said, neither will I. And the Lord is saying, he forgives you. Go and live for him. Will you accept it? Father, I pray for every person in this room that is dealing with a, with a secret thing. Maybe it's a sexual thing. Maybe it's a maybe it's some it's an insecurity, some type of dysfunction that they don't like, that they don't tell other people. Lord, something in their body, Lord. They keep going to it. But Father, we pray, Lord, that 
you help them understand forgiveness. And Lord, we pray for every single unpure body in here. Make them pure again. God doesn't kick you out. God brings you in and cleans you. Religion tells you to be clean and then go to Christ. But no, the Lord said, I'm going to meet you in your dirty deficiency. I'm going to meet you in your dirty place. One preacher said, God's not afraid to get in your dirt. So Father, we ask that you get into every single dirt in every single student's life, no matter what it is, Father. If anything is making them impure in their body, Lord, make them pure again and teach them, Father, and refresh them with your spirit. Lord, they've been embarrassed. Lord, they've been rejected and neglected because of their secret stuff. But Lord, we know that you give room to people who are dealing with this stuff. Lord, I pray for every single student. And whatever it is, Lord, you'll meet them wherever they're at. You'll meet them wherever they're at. And it's in Jesus' name. Wednesday. Love you guys.